From our studios in North Florida, it's in black and white. And now your host, the baby-faced assassin of freedom, Jerry Brooks. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, patriots of all ages, welcome to In Black and Right, the new definition of color commentary. Yes, I am still the baby-faced assassin of freedom, Jerry Brooks, as well as your tour guide through the wackadoodle world of Joe Biden's America. And oh yeah, folks, we've got some fun ones today as we begin another week of adventures in podcasting. Uh, but just to uh, let you know, this week is going to be a little bit different. Uh, we're going to be doing shows today, Monday, uh, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Uh, but Thursday and Friday, uh, there will be no program because the show will be traveling and getting set up for the Turning Point USA Political Action Conference this weekend in West Palm Beach, Florida, and we will be there live. Uh, we'll be doing some live streaming on our True Patriot Network, uh, our, our account on True Patriot Network, and our channel on locals.com, which is in black and right at locals.com. So we hope to be doing uh, some interviews, some live streaming, uh, catching uh, speakers, and it's going to be loaded to the gills uh, with them. That is for sure. Uh, key, the headliner and keynote speaker will be, of course, President Donald Trump. Uh, but you will also have a humongous, I mean, ginormous list of major league heavy hitters. Tucker Carlson will be there, the rock star that he's become. Uh, you'll have Steve Bannon of the War Room. That ought to be interesting. Uh, also, you're going to have Dan Bongino, uh, Benny Johnson. Uh, you'll have policymakers such as Congressman Matt Gates, uh, Senator J.D. Vance of Ohio, Gen Senator Josh Hawley of Missouri, Senator Ted Cruz of Texas. You'll also have Lauren Boebert speaking there and just more. It's just going to be so seriously packed. I'm probably going to have to wear sneakers and probably carry some five-hour energy to keep up. But it's going to be a fantastic weekend. And before we get in, get started into today's fun, I just want to say a huge thank you to so many wonderful people who helped sponsor the show and uh, to get it to get us down there. And I'm grateful for that. And uh, including my wonderful new friends who partially sponsored us. Uh, that would be uh, my friends Dan Meredith and Scott Monroe of Heartland Liberty there in Nashville. Thank you guys for helping us out. So yes, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be, a, I mean, the place is going to be crazy, especially with President Trump. So that's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday this week we'll have shows. Uh, Thursday, Friday we'll be traveling logistics day and then Saturday and Sunday, we'll be doing special editions of the program, and it's going to be a whole lot of fun. So, thank you so much, and as we get started with this amazing week of adventures in podcasting, well, what can you do, folks? 
Donald Trump, the Energizer Bunny on steroids, 77 years young, and is busting stuff up everywhere. Now, of course, last Friday, I mean, it was a whirlwind weekend for him. So Friday, he does an Iowa rally in Council Bluffs, uh, very policy uh, heavy, uh, dealing with agriculture and with farmers and a whole lot more of related issues for farmers in that region in Iowa and also into neighboring Nebraska. So that's going to be, uh, th so that was a lot of fun. And of course, typical Trump rally, tons of energy, tons of cheering, standing ovations, you know, pretty much. I, I mean, it's getting kind of cliche in a way, but it's still fresh because there is still that much passion, that much energy for him. And I don't know how he does it, but hey, it's a beautiful thing. Then of course, Saturday goes to Nevada, speaks at a church there in Las Vegas. I used to live in Reno in northern Nevada, but the place was so packed out, they had to remove the chairs because there were people just like, like a sardine can, but they didn't mind. There was still a lot of energy. There was a lot of cheering. Uh, chance, you know, USA, we love Trump. Yeah, so that was pretty wild, but not unusual uh, for, a, for a Trump rally. Then, later that night in Las Vegas, uh, President Trump goes over to watch the UFC fight there in Vegas with uh, Dana White, the president of the UFC. The place went bonkers. I mean, you have a full arena of MMA fans, they're fight fans, and here comes Trump, walks in like a boss with UFC's Dana White, and yet you had Mel Gibson there, you had celebrity chef Guy Fieri there, you had, oh my gosh, uh, Roger Stone was there, Mark Wahlberg was there, and they all talked you know, during some a break in the action, they were talking to President Trump. And you even got a video of a guy, one of the fighters, who comes over the top of the octagon, and, and he wanted to shake President Trump's hand. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's in his fight gear, and the dude's ready to just get it on. And he's like, oh, wait a minute. Oh, President Trump, excuse me, gotta go. <laughs> I loved that. This is how... So many people, especially in the UFC, a lot of UFC fighters, a good chunk of them are Trump supporters, very pro-Trump, and they're unashamed of it. I mean, you've got down in Miami, one person, a UFC star, I mean, if you know anything about you know MMA, but mixed martial arts, but Jorge Masvidal, friend of the Trumps, friend of Don Jr., big Trump supporter, was down in Miami on the day of that nonsensical hearing. But yeah, you've got a lot of these guys in the UFC. Even Dana White is a Trump supporter, and he makes no bones about it, makes no apology for it, and pretty much says, if you can't deal with it, <clears throat> screw you. I'm like, now that's what I call a loyal guy. 
because if it were not for uh, one Donald J. Trump before he was president, who helped him uh, with his uh, with the UFC as it was growing to get fights and UFC cards in the uh, in his old Taj Mahal hotel in Atlantic City, you know the the UFC wouldn't be the phenomena that it is not without the support of one Donald J. Trump. So I can understand that. So this was just great. Uh, and I loved it. I was watching a lot of this, you know, trying to, you know, provide a little bit of coverage. But, yep, it's going to be fun. It's, I mean, another fun weekend. And then, of course, finishes out his whirlwind weekend in Los Angeles. And has this great iconic picture of a lot of California, Los Angeles, L.A. County, California Highway Patrol, a lot of law enforcement guys surrounding Trump with a picture of Trump Force One in the back. It's iconic. I mean, this happens in so many places with Trump, with local law enforcement. It happened in New York with the fire department, the police department. They love Trump. They know. These guys, these first responders know Trump has their back. None of this defund the police BS that you get with these blue mayors in these blue cities like L.A., New York, Chicago. Oh, no. You don't get that with Trump. And that's why a lot of these guys will endorse Trump. State law and uh, local law enforcement associations, uh, fire departments, what have you. I love it. I absolutely love it when they do this. But... Uh, but along the same line, uh, kind of a related story, because I am, <coughs> I'm blown away a lot of the time, because when I see a lot of these um, wannabes in the presidential, in the GOP primary, it's just, it, it's a joke. It's truly a joke to me, because... I'm going, why are you even having these debates? I mean, is this something that you think that you're supposed to have? Uh, excuse me. <laughs> nope. Here's the latest, a, lay, a poll from Florida Atlantic University uh, saying that Donald Trump holds a 20-point lead over DeSantis here in Florida. 20-point lead over the state's governor? Who would have thunk that? I mean, is, wasn't DeSantis supposed to be sort of the golden boy of the corporate donor class? But now, because he's had one faux pas after another, all kinds of mistakes, and it hasn't helped him in the polling... I mean, at least, I mean, sure, he's getting a little bit more in Florida, but the rest of the country? Forget about it. Uh, recent poll from Ohio. Trump, 59. DeSantis, 15%. Yeah, that, I'm like, what? Wait a minute, was that a misprint? Nope, it was not. Uh, you also have in the state of Tennessee... Another recent poll. Trump ahead 
49 points. 49 points in the state of Tennessee. I mean, that's to my wonderful Heartland Liberty brothers up there. Hey, y'all to put that on your next show. Oh my goodness. That is insane. What's going on? And yet, the RNC and some of these state GOPs are sort of demanding this loyalty pledge. You know, that you're going to support the eventual nominee. It's like, it's a joke. It's a freaking joke. Because, frankly, Trump doesn't need to sign the dang thing. Because he's leaving everybody in the dust. I mean, everybody. And DeSantis being his own, his closest competition, if you actually want to use that word, I'm going, Trump doesn't need to do the debates. Trump can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants. And, you know, and he's already considering doing his own sort of thing about his policies because these quote-unquote debates are going to be nothing more than a Trump slam fest which isn't going to help anybody in, in the debate. They're not going to get a bump in the polls. You know, I mean, not a significant one, to be sure. And you're not going to be anywhere within striking distance of Trump. Sorry, you're just not. So, oddly enough, I actually tend to agree what Elise Stef Congresswoman Elise Stefanik said and say, hey, forget the debates, forget everything. Let's just coalesce around Trump, you know, let him pick his VP, which none of these people are going to be his VP. None of them. The only person that MAGA and America First would love to see, and I've seen it in more than one poll, is to have Carrie Lake, the queen of MAGA. I mean, that's essentially what I call her, but... Am I wrong on this? I mean, she is the she is the queen of MAGA. Now she has all kinds of uh, all kinds of possibilities ahead, options ahead of her. I mean, she just wrote a book that's selling like hotcakes all over the place. She is still working on her court case about getting screwed over as governor, or she could just simply. She could actually run for Senate. Now, <laughs> to some, according to some of the latest polling that I've seen, if Carrie Lake does declare as a candidate for, uh, for the U.S. Senate, for the Republican primary, <laughs> girl's got it. Okay, she's going to get the nomination in spite of all of these yahoos in Maricopa County or Pima County, which is Tucson, and all these other places, no. She's going to become the nominee, and because there's been so much attention brought to bear on elections, it's going to get a lot tougher for these, well, idiots to cheat. I mean, they're going to try it. You know, they're just going to try it. You can pretty much take that to the bank. Same thing with Trump. Should he get the nomination? Well, scratch that. When he gets the nomination, and they're already probably working on it now. Because these people 
in the DC swamp are scared spitless of a Donald Trump getting a second term because should that happen and when it happens these people are going to be like rats in a deserting a sinking ship because they know Trump will have his loyalists he'll have people like you know bring them back for another for the second run you know bring back people like Peter Navarro uh, I don't think Bannon would come back but you know maybe getting people cash Patel for sure uh, you know you bring back Rudy Giuliani in some type of an advisory role but yeah this is gonna get these people are scared and this is why people like Jack Squat Darth Merrick Garland's latest attack dog as special prosecutor he's gonna do whatever he has to this is Machiavelli on steroids the ends justify the means it doesn't matter if it's legal ethical or moral get Trump get him convicted damage him drunk you know and make him pay huge amounts of money in legal fees uh, sorry but <clears throat> that's not gonna happen that is not gonna happen because even if by some twisted miracle that people like Jack Squat gets what he wants and gets a uh, conviction and frankly to go and to use the Espionage Act in a documents case where the Presidential Records Act is the law the federal statute that applies I mean my gosh no 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 um, and I'm praying that it not just fails it epically fails to go after Trump because people know people know because these yahoos in the media who think they know it all nope the polls show it people know Americans know not just Republicans but independents and some Democrats they know what the problem is they know this is crap complete and utter crap you know it's politically motivated uh, Jack Squat and his crew uh, apparently are just going to try to do whatever they can they're desperate they're pathetic they are predictable they are dangerous but they are all that too so this is going to be interesting to see what happens when you know as the summer continues on um, what's going to happen there now another big um, event over the weekend the great that great movie the sound of freedom just going gangbusters at the box office 40 million over 40 million dollars their goals to get it out to people were wildly exceeded 3,000 movie screens that's a lot in the movie business that is a lot they wanted to sell 2 million tickets for the first week they've sold almost 4 million so they wildly exceeded expectations and they wildly uh, succeeded in box office I mean they 
gave the Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny movie a big time black eye, especially when it came to pre-sale. Over $10 million pre-sale for tickets uh, before, the, before the movie got uh, released on the 4th. Now, there, and now that it's had success, monstrous success, here come the detractors. Here come the QAnon, the, the QAnon folks who want to blame. Well, actually, it's not the it's the media that want to blame QAnon and all these conspiracy theorists and blah blah blah. And CNN, a special uh, screw you to you from me because of this idiot. Uh, who you brought on over the weekend to talk to one of their uh, showbiz reporters about the movie? Oh, mercy. Let's, uh, it's been played already, you know, uh, around, you know, with uh, Steve Bannon and War Room. You've got Charlie Kirk doing it, but I want y'all in the in Black and Right Coalition to hear how freaking stupid CNN is for doing this. So let's go. You seem pretty familiar with him because he doesn't really hide his association with this real wild plot uh, that that involves, you know, drinking the blood of children and things like that. No, he doesn't hide it at all. And you have a lot of people who are in this world of QAnon who say, oh, they don't know what that is. They never heard of it. They're just asking questions. With somebody like Jim Caviezel, he is openly embracing it. He's openly using its catchphrases and its concepts. He's speaking at QAnon conventions. And this film is being marketed to either specific QAnon believers or to people who believe all of the same tenets as QAnon but claim they don't know what it is. And The Sound of Freedom does focus on a real issue of sex trafficking. Uh, but that theme, it's sort of like that kernel of truth that feeds the QAnon conspiracy theory. Uh, tell us how those two things work together. Sure, and the most durable and the most believable conspiracy theories are not entirely false. There's something in them that is true and the rest of it is false, but the believers point to the one true thing and they say, oh, you don't believe that this particular thing is true. In terms of child trafficking, we know trafficking is real. We know it has real victims. No one is denying that. But these films are created out of moral panics. They're created out of bogus statistics. They're created out of fear. And with something like Sound of Freedom, it specifically is looking at QAnon concepts of these child trafficking rings that are run by the high-level elites and only people like Tim Ballard and only people like Jim Caviezel and by extension, only people like the ticket buyer can help bring these trafficking rings down. So there's a very participatory element. You're not just going to see a movie, you're just killing two hours on a hot day. You are helping bring down these, these pedophile rings and save children. Now, it's not true, but it's a very comforting and it's a very warm feeling to have. Okay. Like I said, dear CNN, screw you, buddy. This guy, the guy was a guy named Mike Rothschild, and that's about the most publicity he's going to get out of me. But he essentially has called Jim Caviezel a whack job, a conspiracy nut. Jim Caviezel is one of the most decent, honorable, God-fearing men I have seen in my entire life. And who the Sam hell is this Rothschild guy, you know, saying that, 
oh well yeah there is trafficking but you know there and, and no 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 I don't condone stupidity no and to get all sort of you know I know more and you know these QAnon people or they're just awful and you know and, and even had the unmitigated gall that snarky SOB to insult those of you who have already seen the movie y'all bought tickets and you're buying tickets for other people the paying it forward so no CNN is pretty much you know and I don't know who this uh, Abby Phillip is I don't know but the system looks pretty good but you work for Satan that's it I'm just gonna say it like that CNN to do something to belittle people American people who care about children minor children being trafficked for sex across the border and being sent throughout the world excuse you now that we had there was a whistleblower from Homeland Security who testified before Congress saying that some 85,000 children have been we, they've lost track of they've lost track of 85,000 kids a lot of unaccompanied minors and they don't even and they don't know where they are Homeland Security does not know the whereabouts of some 85,000 kids what they've done is the cartels have snagged them up sent them off to you know to do slave labor essentially or they're using them for you know to engage in child sex child pornography and of course the United States happens to be the number one consumer of it that's right you USA we're number one in consuming child pornography yeah that's really that's nothing that's nothing to be proud of absolutely nothing to be proud of and yet we have Mexico our lovely neighbor to the south who are providing a lot of this to the United States they're the number one supplier so yeah so this Rothschild dingbat you know saying well these are bogus statistics I said really bogus statistics 85,000 kids lost by Homeland Security Alejandro Mayorkas that SOB and serious pile of horse manure yeah mm-hmm and of course you're gonna get other networks you know MSLSD will either either already has done it or will do it do it soon enough because they can't handle the fact that the whole child pornography child sex trafficking industry it's real it's here it's in the states and people are learning about it oh well no 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 it's a lie you know these elites aren't involved in it BS CNN pure BS 
how come Hollywood, if it's not true that these Hollywood elites and others aren't involved in it, why was the movie just thrown away and kept in a vault for three years? It's not a Disney film. Disney can't handle it. Considering their incredible reputation for groomers, and they're not exactly big winners in this. No, no, no. I'm just disgusted with all of this. So yeah, I'm mad. I'm very mad. Because good people like Jim Caviezel and the folks at Angel and the producer, uh, Eduardo uh, Verastegui, who is from Mexico. I'm, I'm, I'm sick of this. I'm sick of this, that good people are getting slammed, but hey, is it a surprise? No. These people are scared. They're scared because they're not just they're not just putting a movie out. They, I believe, are starting a movement. A movement that's going to put an end to something evil and just heinous. I mean, I can't even begin. I mean, demonic. Some of the words that just kind of come to my mind when I think about something this sick and twisted. And especially for the faith community. Now, there are a lot of Catholics who are really upset over this, but the reason, most of the reason why they're upset over a lot of this is because there are just way too many U.S. American bishops and Catholic charities that help in this. They aid and abet in this stuff, and there are a lot in the Catholic community who are straight up pissed off. Now, for those of us who are Protestants, we and for our Jewish friends as well, we may not understand the why all of this, but I'll tell you what, I'm really blown away to see so many in the American Catholic Church who are sick of this stuff, and they're sick and tired of their bishops and cardinals and archdiocese getting into this because there are I mean wow I'm I'm sitting there blown away I'm going why can't the evangelicals do something like this I mean what we have non-governmental agencies or NGOs probably some down at the border but but given what it, it, I don't think it's quite the same level as it is with within the Catholic faith. And I'm just so amazed that so many Catholics are done with this. They're just rising up in moral disgust and moral outrage that their monies and also taking money from the U.S. government to aid and abet these people and a lot of parishes and parish priests are kind of into this whole thing. Oh, I don't know, but this is going to be dang interesting to see what happens uh, with this movie and what happens afterwards because the movie is simply an event. It's a catalyst to, some, to something bigger. And if these knuckleheads in the mainstream media are going to continue to come after good people like Jim Caviezel, 
and Tim Ballard. I mean, they're doing God's work. But apparently, uh, the corporate media's God is money. And they will worship it like, the, and they need it like they need oxygen. So, yeah, I'm not particularly, you know, sympathetic, you know, but I really shouldn't be surprised either. And neither should you. If you haven't seen the movie yet, go. Please go. Tell these jerkwads, hey, you don't speak for me. You know, and don't listen to the media anyway because it's like they lie. And if you listen to them, it's like, come on, wake up, people. These people cannot and should not be trusted, nor should they ever be taken seriously because, well, I mean, just remember who they work for. That's all I'm going to tell you on that. Ugh, let's see, before I uh, jack up my blood pressure even worse. <laughs> well, but one last thing I got to do. Because I want to let those who know, who, let those who thought Biden was so decent. Oh, and he's so moral. And he'll bring decency back to the White House. Hmm. <laughs> You knuckleheads, especially all you Christian woke knuckleheads, have now made yourselves look like absolute dingbats. Absolute dingbats. Because you, your boy <laughs> has not only not been indecent and immoral, here's a story for you from Just the News. Maureen Dowd, New York Times columnist, Slammed by, and the New York Times is no fan of MAGA, but she slammed Biden for not recognizing his four-year-old estranged granddaughter, the love child of his feral dog cokehead son, by, uh, Hunter Biden, down in Arkansas. And apparently, she was none too thrilled. Wow. Uh, just a little bit from Maureen Dowd's column is just crazy. Now, her, her Republican sister is not immune to Joe Biden's gregarious Irish charm, but her sister, Peggy, recently wrote a letter to Biden about how he will not recognize his own granddaughter. And I'm thinking, wow. Wow and wow. So apparently, Maureen Dowd is writing a column about how immoral um, Joe Biden is because he won't recognize his, his own granddaughter. And frankly, not just Joe Biden, I'm throwing Jill Biden into that mix. The elder abuser, enabler, and chief I mean, she's supposed to be so into, oh, she's a champion for kids and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, BS. She's just as much to blame for this mess than Joe is. And Hunter is nothing more than, well, a feral dog. Uh, I mean, I'm just, I'm taking right straight from Steve Bannon. Hunter Biden is a cokehead, a feral dog, and, well, let's see, uh, what about that interesting little 
uh, package of cocaine that was found in the White House. And now all of a sudden, here comes the Secret Service saying that, well, they just don't know. I say BS. I totally say BS. Because if you're in the White House, the, there are only two classes of people who don't get thoroughly screened by the Secret Service. Only two sets of people. One, you have to have a special pass that gives you all access to the White House. And only a very few people, senior aides and whatnot, if you've worked in the White House, if you don't have that, you have to essentially be security screened. You just have to. Or you're a member of the first family. <laughs> okay. That's really fun. Hmm. Who in the Biden family mm, has a drug problem? Hmm. Just, just a question. You know, I'm thinking out loud here. Uh, who in the Biden family, you know, has all sorts of issues? Hmm. Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean. We all, I, I, we all know if we actually have a brain and think who is responsible for this and why wasn't it discovered uh, beforehand. <laughs> hmm? We know. I mean, it's like anybody who says, well, well, I don't know. You're either lying or an idiot. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not going to be nice. So, yeah, here we have Hunter. Yeah. Probably belonged to him, even though, yes, he spent over the weekend at Camp David. But, oh, mercy. Yeah, so for those of you who thought, mistakenly thought, oh, Biden's so moral, he'll be so much better than Trump. <laughs> I'm going to laugh at you out loud and just say, you have absolutely no stinking clue what you're doing. Now, if you want to call and continue to call yourself a Christian and not realize how much of a screw-up that was, and you don't have the decency, the integrity, and the character to say, hey, I screwed up, don't vote in 2024. Do the real kingdom of God a favor. Because there's an old song by an old Christian rock band, Petra, from years ago. And I heard it. And it's so, it was true then, it's even more true now. Sometimes God's children should be seen and not heard. And this was probably the most blatant example of it that I've ever seen. So yeah, I, I have no love for woke Christians. Well, you're supposed to love them. I said, yeah, I'll love them after I basically smack the stupid out of them. And they need it because we can't afford it anymore. The faith community can't afford it. The country can't afford it at all. Not just economically, not just politically, but even spiritually and morally because this is a spiritual fight that we are in. Big time fight. So yeah, I am who I am. And well, sorry. You're just going to have to deal, folks.
You're just going to have to deal. And with that in mind, my friends, I'm going to call it a day on this special edition of the program. Uh, we've got two more shows, Tuesday and Wednesday, and then we will be back uh, on Saturday uh, on location from West Palm Beach, Florida. Always, you can check out, um, you can subscribe and follow us on all podcast platforms. Just look for In Black and Right or my name, Jerry Brooks, and you should see our flaming microphone, which is you found the right place. So subscribe, follow, get notified when new, um, when new episodes uh, are uploaded. And also you can check out our email, send us uh, shout outs, questions, comments in black and right at gmail.com. Or you can check out our website in blackandright.net. So for now, my friends, take care of yourselves. Have a great day today. We will be back tomorrow. And as always, Patriots come in all colors. (laughs) 